Welcome back, MTN Nets podcast, reacting to this Nets loss at Miami on this Thursday night. Nets dropped the 6-6 six and six on the year. They lose by 7, 122-115. As always, leave a like, subscribe, follow the Twitter, all that stuff. Follow the X, whatever it's called now. But uh, a frustrating game. You know, it's one of those games where I felt like the Nets had their moments. I think at one point they were up 52-47. You're thinking they might be able to take this game, but Miami was just a better team. They're on a winning streak right now. They're playing great ball. I will say this is the first time the Heat have beaten the Nets with this new core of Bridges and Cam Johnson and Dinwiddie DFS. I feel like the Nets beat them twice at the end of last year. They beat them in the preseason. They beat them earlier this year. So they really had the Heat's number so far during this like you know new era of the Nets, but you know, unfortunately, Miami, they're just on a roll right now, and the Nets had no answer for guys like Jimmy Butler in isolation situations. Duncan Robinson was left open for three way too many times tonight. Um, Adebayo had a nice game, had a nice dunk on Claxton. Those guys definitely got into it tonight. So just one of those frustrating losses where they weren't able to, you know, bring it within about five. Felt like the entire second half. I mean, the way they closed at halftime was the worst part of all. The Nets were like right there. They were like either up one or down one or something. They were right there with about two minutes to go in the second quarter, right before halftime. And the Heat went on this like 14 nothing run to close out the half. And I think they went in, um, up by eight points. So that really was a killer. Um, you know, a team like the Nets where Cam Thomas is out. And by the way, I mean, I talked to you guys the game after Cam Thomas got hurt. So we didn't have like a, a timeline for how long he'd be out for. They said two weeks. It's really not that bad. I, I, I think two weeks was probably best case scenario for the Cam Thomas ankle injury. So that was probably like a week ago. So I feel like we're, you know, I, I, it could have been a lot worse is what I'm trying to say. The Ben Simmons injury, we'll touch on that a bit later. But um, the point I was getting to was the Nets are definitely lacking scoring right now. You're still getting a ton of points from Lonnie Walker, who continues to step up, even with that left knee injury. Um, it's just more admirable that he's like out here playing so well. So, you know, shout out to him for playing through the injury and playing very well. But, you know, at least Mikel Bridges gave us 23. Cam Johnson, the last two games, has looked better. He was three of six tonight. He looked really good in the game on Sunday. So hopefully he's coming around now. But let's go through the numbers here. So DFS, he played 32 minutes. He was 3 of 4 from 3, 4 of 6 from the field. 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. Did have 3 turnovers. Scored 11 points total, was a minus 11. He had his moments. Like he made, you know, as I said, 3 of 4 from 3. I can remember a few threes where they really needed it, and he knocked it down. So he's been a pretty reliable shooter this year, aside from like maybe one or two games. But I would say out of the 12 Nets games this year, I feel like DFS has shot really well in about, you know, 9 or 10 of them. So he's been great so far this year. The defense was, you know, it could have been a bit better. Um, I feel like Jimmy Butler, you know, got the best of him a couple times, but, you know, it happens. Cam Johnson, as I mentioned, looking better. Uh, 5 of 10, 3 of 6 from 3. It was perfect at the line on, on 3 free throws. 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 16 points total was uh, a team best plus 18. And Cam definitely had some shots that the Nets needed to stay in the game. He knocked them down, so, you know, he was a big part in keeping the game close. Uh, Mikel Bridges... Played 35 minutes. He was 6 of 15. Still not shooting the ball too efficiently this year, but, you know, did go 9 of 10 at the line. You love seeing that. Did have 7 rebounds, 5 assists, but 
had three turnovers, had that one bad turnover where he was, um, I think it was Josh Richardson, got a steal behind him, the Heat got a dunk out of it on a fast break. But aside from that, it wasn't that bad of a Mikel Bridges game. I just wish he was shooting more efficiently, but hopefully that gets better as the years go on, or not the years, as the games go on. Well, years too, you know, he should be here for a bit. But yeah, as the games go on, Nick Claxton was tremendous in the first half i mean not as great in the second half but claxton was seven of seven two of four at the line he did have six rebounds had two assists had three blocks a couple really nice blocks had one on butler um, I forget who the other one was on, but he had some nice blocks in this game. He did have 16 points total, so that's great for him. Him and Bam Adebayo really got into it. Um, Claxton got hit with a technical at one point. I forget who it was, but he had somebody in a headlock. Not not Draymond Green level, but um, it was like he was going for an offensive rebound. He put one of the Heat guys in a headlock and brought him to the ground. So they did call a technical foul for that. But, you know, Claxton was really effective tonight. I just wish he played that way the entire game. Felt like in the fourth quarter, especially after Bam Adebayo muscled him down in the post and dunked on him, that's when Claxton's game just was not the same. And I, I, I get that. It happens. Um, 33 minutes for Dinwiddie. He was 2 of 9. He definitely started out this game very cold. I think he was 1 of 6 at one point. Was 2 of 7 from 3. Did miss 2 foul shots, which I feel like he's missing a lot lately. He definitely missed one in the last game they played. Um, but yeah, Dinwiddie's, you know... He's being a good facilitator. He looks more aggressive. He's playing more downhill, which is nice. I feel like the first seven, eight games before Cam Thomas got hurt, he wasn't really going for drives. He was just settling for bad jump shots, and he had those moments tonight as well. But I feel like for the most part, you know, so far the last few games, Dinwiddie has been better at that. Added five rebounds, seven assists, had two turnovers. He was a plus four tonight. So I'm like, it wasn't like Dinwiddie's best game, but um, he wasn't awful either. He played so well in that last game i forget who they played now i keep talking about this last game and i can't remember who the opponent was but i remember last time they played he was tremendous um oh it was the magic yeah that was right yeah so he had a great game against the magic um what did dim what he have in that game he had 29 and nine assists and it was efficient he made a bunch of big threes so yeah he was great in that game he hit the you know the the dagger three in the clippers game like i've been pleasantly surprised with dinwiddie this year um, the first few games were kind of odd. He seemed kind of out of it, but I feel like now he's he's back and he's playing the way he's supposed to and the way that we expect him to. Royce O'Neal, a pretty forgettable game for him. Two of five from the field, one of four from three. He made that one three on top of the key, either late first quarter, early second quarter. But Royce was a team worse, minus 22. He really had no impact. He did have four assists, one steal, but only five points. I feel like Royce O'Neal has had you know, plenty of better games than this. It just was an off night for him and didn't get many open threes. I feel like the Heat did a good job of getting out to him on the line and, you know, getting him off the line. So that was good by them. But, you know, just wish it was a better shooting night for him. Uh, Trenton Watford, only 10 minutes, two of three in the game. Did have a nice layup at the end and uh, an ISO situation on Bam, I think it was. But, you know, he had uh, four points, and I feel like half of his minutes came when the game was already over, the final five minutes. I mean, and that's, they kept it close at the end, but you knew it was over. Like, I feel like once it was 120 to 108, I think the score was, like, you knew it was over. So, you know, 
He came in for the last few minutes, gave him some decent minutes, but still. Dayron Sharp, forgettable night. He was one of six in 15 minutes. Uh, did have two offensive rebounds, five rebounds total. Did have one turnover, was a minus six. It's just another guy who just was not his night. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., he got a T as well. I, I think he got in Jimmy Butler's face, actually. But, you know, Dennis Smith, I feel like he knocked down a three. Yeah, I mean, he you know, had his moments tonight. It just wasn't great. He did have a nice driving layup at one point. I think it was the first play of the fourth quarter. He just went through the entire defense, basically made a nice um, layup going full speed. So, you know, he went one of two from three, had five assists, had a nice um, a nice alley-oop to Claxton, I believe, at one point in the first half. He was a minus nine, though, but he did play some intense defense and you know, if he can shoot 50% from three, I'll take it from Dennis Smith, you know? And I did see a stat. I think it was Netscast who uh, tweeted this or posted this on X. I'm going to get it right one day. But he posted that um, Dennis Smith Jr. had the best, like, isolation defense or something like that. Or maybe opponents were shooting the lowest percentage against him in isolation situations. Either way, whatever the stat was exactly, it just shows you that Dennis Smith Jr. has been playing great defense on ball this year. And that's what he was brought here to do. So it's good to see that. I wish he was a bit better offensively, or a lot better actually. But, you know, I feel like for what he was brought here to do, he's doing it. So I can't complain too, too much about it. Lonnie Walker, I mean, continues to play well. This wasn't his best game. Played 26 minutes, 9 of 18 total, 2 of 7 from 3. I remember that one bad turnover. I think he just dribbled the ball off his leg out of bounds. It was a bad turnover, um, probably early fourth quarter or so. So it was still a game at that point. But, you know, as I said, he's playing through the injury. You can tell he's not 100%, but he's out there still making his shots. He came in right away, had a big impact when he first entered the game. Um, I understand not starting him. I, I did suggest that, like, when Cam Thomas got hurt and it seemed like it'd be a, you know, a multi-game injury, obviously, after the ankle, I figured like maybe Lonnie Walker would get, you know, a starting nod. But I think if you take Lonnie, if you put Lonnie in the starting lineup, you have no scoring off the bench. You know what I mean? So I, I get keeping him on the bench for now. He still plays starter minutes. He's playing 26 minutes, basically. So, you know, it's not that bad. But, you know, I get keeping him on the bench. Cam Thomas, of course. DMP. Harry Giles is the one guy who was always healthy but still gets DMPs. Harry Giles played in one of these games. I forget which one it was now, but he had a, it might have been the Boston game. One of those Boston blowouts. But um he I think it was at Boston, whatever game that was. But he uh came in, had like seven points, five points, knocked down a three. So I don't know why they're so hesitant to play Harry Giles, but you know, it is what it is. He didn't look fantastic on defense. He looked a bit lost out there, but this is a guy who hasn't played since like 2021. So I'll give him a bit of a pass, obviously, but I just wish they gave him more minutes, especially when Claxton got hurt and was out for, you know, five, six games, whatever it was. I just wish they gave him more um, minutes during that time, but I guess the Nets felt otherwise. Um, team stats wise, let's take a look. What happened here? Um, Nets shot 47%. Heat were 51%. Nets shot 38% from three. Heat were at 42. The Heat shot 95% at the line. A pretty under, um, underrated stat from this game. The Heat were 23 of 24 at the free throw line. The one miss I remember was a Butler free throw back rim after an N1. But the Nets were 21 of 27. So, you know, that could have been the difference in the game right there. I feel like if, if the Nets were... 
the team that shot the free throws well and the Heat weren't, then this probably would have, you know, changed the outcome of the game. But, you know, got to give credit where credit's due there for Miami. Um, the Nets had eight more rebounds. The Nets had three more offensive rebounds, five more defensive rebounds. Nets had three more assists. The Heat had three more steals. Teams were tied in blocks. Only three blocks for each side. And I do think Claxton had three blocks. So I guess Claxton had every Nets block in this game. The Nets did have 15 turnovers compared to Miami's nine. So nine turnovers is great. Even 15 is not terrible. But nine turnovers for Miami is a great number to have. Nets had four more points on uh, fast breaks. Not fast break, sorry, off turnovers. So Nets had four more points off turnovers. The Heat actually had seven more points off of fast breaks, where I feel like the Nets have been so good in that stat this year, but that's one of the areas they clearly miss Ben Simmons is pushing the ball in transition. The offense has slowed down way more since Ben Simmons has been out, so that's been one of the areas they miss him in. Um, largest lead for Miami was 17. Largest lead for Brooklyn was six. I thought it was five. So yeah, six point lead for Brooklyn at one point. I think that was in the second quarter. So yeah, this is one of those games where I didn't really expect to win it, you know, coming into this one. It would have been nice. And I, I figured when they were up six, they had a real shot. But, you know, as I said, Miami was rolling and they're, they're playing very well. The Nets did win three out of four coming into this game. And, you know, they keep games close for the most part. As I mentioned, the game at Boston, they lost by 14 points. But, you know, for the most part, the Nets have done a good job of keeping games close. You know, the first loss against Cleveland was a one-point loss. He had the five-point loss at Dallas when Luka went crazy. Um, they hung with Boston in, in that game at home against Boston. Um, they lost by four to Milwaukee. And you had that one 14-point loss against um, the Celtics. But aside from that, the Nets have been in every game this year. And that's pretty much all you can ask for. The problem, of course, and we've known this now since the Stars left, is that when this team gets in a late-game situation, it's tough for them to close games because they don't have a closer. Um, Cam Thomas has taken on that role, and he's had some clutch shots in his career. You know, that Spurs game winner back in that uh, back in his rookie season. He had the you know, big shot at MSG back in his rookie season as well. So, you know, Cam Thomas makes big shots, even in Summer League when he first, you know, played his first games as a Net. So, you know, he has his big moments, but the Nets definitely, you know, they miss that presence sometimes of having a big-time clutch scorer, and especially when you had two or three guys like, you know, Harden and KD, Kyrie, all those guys. It was a lot easier down the stretch. So now when games are closer in the fourth quarter, it's tougher to close out games. I do get that. And, you know, defensively, this team's supposed to have a defensive identity. It's been a little disappointing, you know? I mean, I get Ben Simmons is out, and he's a big part of what they want to do defensively, but you look at the games the Nets have lost. I mean, they let up 114, which is a pretty good amount in the uh, the loss versus Cleveland. In the loss versus Dallas, it was 125. I know Luka went crazy and made that one-handed shot, but still, it's a lot of points. Is 125. Boston had 124 in their win against us. Milwaukee had 129. The Heat had 122. So... You notice the pattern here of when the Nets allow a certain amount of points, they're losing these games. Like, they can't win these track meet type matchups where, you know, the Nets are not going to win many games this year when, you know, it's 128 to 125 or 131 to 126. Like, they're not going to win games like that. I feel like for the Nets, you have to have a real emphasis on holding opponents to under a certain number. So, I'm sure if you really look through it, you can tell that. 
oh, the Nets are, you know, 0-5 in games where their opponents scored X amount of points, which it looks like, you know, 115 is that number, like that magic number. If, if a team gets to 115 against the Nets, they have a good chance of winning that game, you know, the opponent, not the Nets. So if the Nets hold their opponents to under 115, I feel like they have a good chance of winning these games. So that's just the identity of this team. It's tough to outscore teams. I mean, during... It wasn't many games, of course, but like during the big three era, like you would have scores where it was like 136 to 128 or, you know, 133 to 128, whatever. And the Nets would be able to win those type of games. This is a different team. I know that was only two, three years ago, but like this is a different team and they have to find ways to hold opponents to, you know, a smaller amount. Like you, you can't allow 122 to a Miami team and expect to win that game. And even, you know, 129 versus Milwaukee, 124 to Boston. You can't win those games. Um, the Ben Simmons injury, we'll touch on that a bit. Same shit. It's it's disappointing. Um, obviously, I'm frustrated. You know, I was hoping that this was the year. Like, this was supposed to be the year that Ben really looked like the Sixers version of Ben Simmons. But I think I've came to the realization that that's not going to happen. Um, for me, I had to, you know, see it to believe it. And, you know, he looked better at some points. Like, I feel like he... You know, he had his moments this year. He had some nice dunks and good elevation. He looked better physically, stronger, faster. Um, but still, he had his moments where he was afraid of the basket. He just hates going to the free throw line. So Ben wasn't exactly what I wanted him to be mentally. I feel like physically he looked fine, but mentally something is still going on where he was just not going to the basket with the same force like we want him to. But... He has this nerve impingement in his back, which I hate seeing that because, you know, with the back injury thing is so frustrating because when we got him from Philly, yes, I do think he had a back injury in Philly. I think that was like right before the bubble. So it was like a few years ago. But um, it's been so frustrating because like when the Nets got him, he was damaged goods. Like I don't even know how that trade went through and how Ben Simmons past the physical because as you guys know when we acquired Ben Simmons that year he didn't play a single game he sat out the entire uh series versus Boston when they got swept and you know I just don't know how a trade goes through where a guy has a back injury that you know three or four months later requires surgery and he didn't even play in a game so it's like it's crazy like I don't even I don't know how the Nets managed to fumble that I know that you know Harden and and Philly didn't work out too well and it hasn't worked out in LA so far but at the same time, like you still you can't trade for an injured player. Even Seth Curry, I think, was injured in that game. I think Seth Curry had an ankle injury when he came over here. I do believe he had offseason surgery that year. So I don't know. Sean Marks was just saying, I just want Harden out of here. He took two injured players, basically. I know that's the past, but we're still here today dealing with these Ben Simmons injuries. And um, yeah, I've kind of just reached a point where I just don't expect Ben to ever get back to what he was. Still a young guy, right? Ben, I think, is around my age. I think he's like 26, 27. He's 27, yeah. So it's like, you know, 27 years old, but it feels like, you know, since 25, I feel like his best days are behind him. So I hope I'm wrong, and, you know, I like rooting for him now because I feel like everyone is so against him. But, you know, it's tough because you see these times where he could drive to the basket, he could take these shots, and he just – defers and, and doesn't take those chances so you know that kind of stuff sucks but hopefully he's back soon i do i do know that ben simmons agent said it's not a long-term thing i don't know what to believe there but as i said coming into the year i believe it when i see it so when i see him back out there and when i see he's probable or when he's actually playing in a game 
then I'll get excited. But I do believe, because I think people have that question of like, does Ben Simmons, is it is it even worth like playing him? And I do think it is. I, I do think Ben Simmons makes the Nets a better team. Um, I don't love him and Claxton playing together, which is something that may have to be sorted out at some point. Um, of course, it's a contract year for Claxton. Ben Simmons has, I think, two years left, including this year. So two summers from now, Ben Simmons should be a free agent. But, you know, I want to see if they can coexist. Ben Simmons and, and Nick Claxton's a great defensive duo. So hopefully that can work out. But it's been a frustrating year for Simmons, obviously. Um, all right, so schedule-wise, going forward, they play Sunday at 3, which I hate that time. I really hate that time. I'm just trying to watch football on Sundays in the afternoon, and they got to throw the Nets on at 3. Um, this happened, of course, last Sunday against the uh, – was that the Magic game? No, that was some other game. I forget. They played – it was the game they played terribly, and they won. I think it was the Wizards. That had to be the Wizards game because the Nets played like crap in that game, and they still uh, – Still pulled it off, which was nice. Um, that was a nice comeback when I haven't talked to you guys since that game. I think they were down five with like four minutes left and you know, made some nice plays. Uh, Dinwiddie had the steal, and, and Mikhail made a big shot, I think. So that was a nice comeback win by them. But then again, it was the uh, the Wizards. So, um, But yeah, Philly's coming off a loss. They lost to Boston last night. I, I'm assuming they play another game before then. Let's just see. I want to see. Maybe Philly's on a back-to-back, which would actually help us out a lot. Philly is going to play on Friday. All right, so they have a day in between, so not exactly a day off or not exactly a back-to-back. So that's a shame, but let's see the net schedule going forward. So home versus Philly Sunday, another decent break here. They don't play till Wednesday, so, you know, a lot of breaks here. So they're at Atlanta next Wednesday, home versus the Heat on Saturday. Then a back-to-back there. They're going to play Chicago. So Miami, Chicago on a back-to-back. They are home, though. Um, then Toronto at home, Charlotte at home, and Orlando at home. Then they have that nine-day break for the um, what is it? The in-season tournament finals. So you have Philly, Atlanta, Miami, Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, Orlando before this break here. So I'm trying to think, what should their record be? Um I'm going to be honest, they're probably not going to beat Philly. They've looked great this year. I do think they can beat Atlanta. They can probably split between Miami and Chicago, so you're looking at 2-2. Two and two. Toronto hasn't been great, I feel like, but they have a lot of length, and that can give the Nets some problems. I feel like maybe the Nets now are more you know, well-built to beat them. So maybe they win that game. I'll give them, like, I don't know. Let's say they're 3-3 three and three at that point. And then I think they can beat Orlando again. So, like, they can be, like, how many games is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, seven games. I think they can go four and three. I really do. I think they can go four and three in that stretch. Your best bet is to beat Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, Orlando. Like, I feel like they can win those games. They could beat Miami at home. I feel like, as I said, the Nets have done a good job versus uh, Miami since they've gotten Mikhail Bridges and all those guys. So maybe it works out for them once again. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, We'll see when Cam Thomas and Ben Simmons get back. And, um, you know, as I said, they have that break. So I'll talk to you guys before that break for sure. I'm trying to think of when is the best time to make a reaction. Maybe... Maybe after Atlanta next Wednesday or maybe one of those Saturday night or, yeah, maybe the the game after Miami on Saturday night on the 25th. We'll figure it out. But, yeah, stay tuned for that. Hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.